Hello, and welcome to the season three finale of Allegedly Astrology. Each week, we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Dana, what's today's finale topic? Today, we are talking about the permanently contentious hot topic, Roe v. Wade. Yes, Roe v. Wade was a landmark Supreme Court ruling in the 1970s that made abortion legal on a federal level. The case has been in the news a lot lately due to a number of states, such as Texas, creating bills that severely, yeah, big boo. Texas has big boo energy, um, and not the cute boo. (laughs) Texas uh, created bills that severely limit the time frame women can get an abortion. The Supreme Court is also looking at abortion topics, and there is a general worry amongst reproductive rights advocates that Roe may be overturned. So before we get into this trial and its effects, let's learn a little bit about what life was like before abortion was legal. So literally throughout history, people have always, like women have always used like random shit to like control like when they get pregnant. That's just like a fact. But in the US until the late 1800s, abortion was legal until the point a woman could feel a fetus move around in her stomach, which is called like quickening. And that's around the fourth month of like gestation, I guess you could say. But um, then the American Medical Association which was a doctor's organization, wanted to criminalize abortion because they wanted to reduce competition from midwives and homeopaths. Cool. Right. I know, it's so annoying. Midwives and homeopaths were typically the people that women went to in their communities to have abortions. So doctors were like, oh, you're taking our money. Yeah, so they were not about that. And then as time went on, people in America became more anti-abortion because there was a lot of immigrants coming in And they didn't want to see the birth rates among, you know, white, blonde, American-born, Protestant women slow, um, or they didn't want it to slow. So all of this combined led to abortion being outlawed and made illegal. But then as decades passed, some states began to legalize it. Yeah, it's always about money and power. Like, so insane. But eliminating competition is so much weaker than beating it. So how would one get an abortion during this time? Well, it was all about who you knew, how much money you had, and what state you lived in. And this still basically applies today. <laughs> but if you're rich, you're like, you'll always find a way, right? Like, that's just how it's always been pretty much about everything. Um, but, like, way back in the day, rich women would even, like, fly to Japan to get abortions because it was legal there. But obviously, if you're poor, you're, you're pretty much screwed. And now a brief science lesson. What is an abortion? So I am not a medical professional. So I what? consulted the experts. <laughs> I know. Since when? So I consulted the experts over on the Planned Parenthood website, and here's a quick overview summary. An abortion is a procedure that ends pregnancy. There are two types, the abortion pill and the in-clinic abortion. And the abortion pill, pretty self-explanatory, but it's essentially a pill that induces a miscarriage. And the in-clinic abortion is a medical procedure that uses suction to empty the uterus. So abortions typically happen between 7 to 12 weeks with late-term abortions being less frequent and mostly happening because the mother's life's in danger or there's something significantly wrong with the fetus. So now that we know that, we could talk about Roe v. Wade, the topic of the episode. The topic of the day. (laughs) But fun fact, actually, Roe is not actually the woman in the case's real name, which I just learned. Um, The plaintiff 
in this case was named Norma Leah Nelson, but they called her Jane Roe because there was another case happening at the time where the plaintiff's name was Jane Doe. So like improvise Roe instead of Doe. Innovative. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And the Wade in Roe v. Wade is Henry Wade, who was the district attorney of Texas at the time. But anyway, Norma was a 22-year-old woman in Texas living her life. You know, she wasn't married. She was unemployed. She grew up poor, faced a lot of hardship, and she previously had had two pregnancies already, and each of those she gave up for adoption. So this pregnancy that brought about the case was her third pregnancy. So what's up with Norma? Okay, poor Norma. That's very sad. Um... And I imagine difficult. R.E.P. She was born on September 22nd, 1947 in Simisport, Louisiana. Um, and we don't know what time again. But um, she has her son in Virgo and her moon is either in Sagittarius or Capricorn. And it's likely in Capricorn because uh, like based on the hours in the day, it, it entered Capricorn pretty early. So it's interesting to me that she's a Virgo son because Virgo is a sign associated with virginity and Ooh. like the, the glyph for it is like a virgin holding wheat. She has her Capricorn moon in her fifth solar house of children. And that's interesting to me because the moon in the fifth house is associated with like emotional investment in your children. But the moon is subdued or debilitated in Capricorn and like it's associated with lack because it's ruled by Saturn. So it's kind of like this like pain and sadness about that. Wow. She has Jupiter conjunct the south node in Scorpio. And Scorpio is ruled by Mars, and Jupiter in Scorpio is highly sexed, but that's not really what we're talking about. This is more about, like, morals and truth related to sex and literally, like, your innards. And so conjunct the south node could be perhaps, like, related to individual feelings of guilt or, like, wanting to express some emotional, uncomfortable truth or maybe just having to do it not really, like, by choice but by necessity. And she has Mars and Cancer in the 11th house in her solar chart again. And Mars is cutting, it's aggression, it's strategy, and in Cancer, like the moon, the energy is subdued or debilitated, and in the 11th house, um, her Mars, like, has an impact on the public, uh, and for her, like, a huge one. And the moon in Capricorn, uh, in the 5th house, opposite Cancer, Mars in the 11th house is just very much, like, wounded mother energy, whose wound, like, also inspires change, like, not to be precious about it, but that's really just what this aspect kind of, um, says in her chart. Also, her nodal return is coming up, so Ooh. it makes sense that she might be in the news. Oh, crazy. Yeah, all of that's super interesting. So at this time, when Norma was pregnant, abortion was illegal in Texas. So she tried to get, you know, an off-the-books kind of like black market abortion, but she couldn't find anyone to do it. So she was like, this is actually kind of bullshit. Like, I need to do something about this. So she gets referred to two lawyers, Linda Coffey and Sarah Weddington. And they decide to take her case. And what they did was file a class action lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of Texas abortion laws. And the Texas abortion law said you can only get an abortion if a doctor says you can and only in the event that it's necessary because the mother is literally about to die. So obviously Norma and her lawyer crew bringing this case up caused quite an uproar. Um, On one side, we had the pro-life people such as the National Right to Life. They're the oldest and largest national grassroots anti-abortion organization in the U.S. And they were created, they're Catholic, they're V-Catholic. And they believe every life is a gift from God and that life begins the moment the sperm fertilizes the egg. So all this means is that their view is that you never have a right to kill a fetus inside you. Like that's not up to you. And on the other side, we have our friends at Planned Parenthood. And they're a nonprofit that provides reproductive health care around the world. 
They're very big advocates for the protection and expansion of reproductive rights and giving access to accurate sexual and reproductive education. They provide a lot of services at their clinics, um, one being abortion and the one that they're sort of most known for, even though they provide a plethora of other very essential services. But if you couldn't guess by now, they believe you should be able to make your own decisions about your body. So we have these two very diametrically opposed groups here, um, Planned Parenthood and the National Right to Life. So Dana, what are their charts like? Okay, so Planned Parenthood was founded on October 16th, 1916 in Brownsville, New York. And Planned Parenthood uh, has the sun in Libra and the moon in either Gemini or Cancer. Um, two days after... Uh, Planned Parenthood was founded, Mercury stationed direct in Libra. And whenever a planet is stationing either direct or retrograde in a chart within like seven days or so um, on either side, the energy of that planet will just be like extremely loud. Mercury in Libra wants justice for all and like wants things to be fair. So this placement being stationary and and co-present with the sun is like a frenetic uh, energy towards that, like really wanting things to be fair. Like this placement, uh, regardless of like what it's on, it's like the periphery could be limited, but they're committed to justice and like generally having a wide scope for the most part. And then if the moon's in Gemini, it can see either side. If the moon's in Cancer, it's like very much about emotional support for literally like pregnancy because the moon rules Cancer and the moon is a pregnancy. The moon, just like pregnancy, has gestation periods. Um, and the National Right to Life Committee was formed on April 1st, 1968 in D.C. Oh, my God. I feel like it's so funny that Planned Parenthood is a Libra. Like, they want justice for, you know, for everyone. They they want fairness and equality. And then fucking National Right to Life is just like a loud baby Aries. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK, so the National Right to Life Committee, too long of a word or a phrase. Okay, the sun conjunct Saturn and the north node in Aries is like striving to maintain traditional masculinity. And I'm not even saying this in like an impassioned way, like take down the patriarchy. I'm truly not saying that. I just saw this and was like, holy shit, that's exactly what this says. So that's, you know, Makes I'm getting so defensive. Makes so much sense. I'm just- <laughs> also to me, the Saturn being there is like, this is your situation that you got yourself in. Now you have to deal with the consequences of it like you have a baby now that's what saturn is it's like gonna like lock you down i also think like it wants to maintain because like aries is just so much about virility the chart also has venus conjunct mercury and pisces exact and pisces is like religious and romantic so it's like a religious and romantic idea of like what love is and like how the feminine works and so with the venus uh, mercury conjunction in the 12th solar house the masculine ideals cannot access the idea of femininity femininity and like its reality so it's both like the cause of like this mental illness about whatever they're talking about as well as like the source of divinity it's like it's like putting down women and then also like making them the divine in a way i think uh it's just like i guess maybe like the madonna whore complex is a really good way to put it and then the moon is in taurus which is just like stubborn and will resist change at all costs classic <laughs> it would have a moon in taurus back to the court case we came here to talk about um, longest story ever short, Roe slash Norma wins. The Texas District Court ruled that the abortion ban was illegal because it violated the constitutional right to privacy. But we're not done yet because Wade, the attorney general, was being a pouty little bitch. And he's like, <laughs> well, I don't care what you say, state legislator. I'm going to prosecute doctors that give abortions. And everyone was like, oh, OK, I guess we have to go to the Supreme Court now. By this time... Since legal things take 7,000 years to happen, 
Norma had already given birth to her daughter and given her up for adoption. And it's also worth noting that Norma later became a quote-unquote advocate against abortion. Um, but I put that in quotes because right before she died, like on her literal deathbed, she admitted to being paid by the pro-life groups like a ton of money to change sides. Very yeah. interesting. I don't know how to feel about you, Norma. <laughs> it's all about money and power. Yeah, I mean, you could probably pay me to do a lot. <laughs> Her case keeps chugging along. The Supreme Court looks at it and is like, um, yeah, the Constitution protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion without excessive government restriction. So in a seven to two decision, the Supreme Court rules in favor of Roe. Abortion becomes legal and many of the state and federal abortion laws that existed were wiped out. I think that I understand all sides. I just don't think that I have the right to tell anyone what they can do with their body. Um... This occurred on January 22nd, 1973 in Washington, D.C. at 10 a.m. Um, and that's from Astro Data Bank. And this chart has a Pisces rising at 29 degrees, which is the last degree of the Zodiac, uh, of the last sign of the Zodiac. So it's almost like the anoretic of anoretics. Um, but it's like striving to achieve a goal before the next like cycle is ushered in. And it's doing so out of like both desperation and like love and heart. Uh, it's just like. It's a lot of pain as well as, like, emotion in a Pisces. Um, and the sun is in the 12th house in Aquarius. And Aquarius is about the populace. The 12th house is about secrets. And especially the secrets that we keep from ourselves, a.k.a. what, like, puts us in denial. So here's, like, a degree of emotional or mental instability attached to the specific ruling, I think, that affects, like, the public's response to it eternally. And the moon is in Virgo in the 7th house. And the moon is bodies and women in, like, literally gestation periods again. And so it's, like, super connected to birth and pregnancy. Virgo is about purity. And I think, uh, let me get defensive here for a second. <laughs> I think that purity is, like, frequently per perverted in, like, modernity. Or maybe just, like, that's the effect it's had on me. But I don't think it's, like, gross or, like, if, like, I don't think it has, like, anything to do about a person's worth, right? So I feel like this is more about how purity exists regardless of, like, what, what has happened to your body. But also in, like, the seventh house, this is about, like, maybe a truce at best. I think, like, the seventh house often has to do with opponents. Um, but I could also interpret this kind of as, like, nature being both, like, the partner and the opponent of women with regards to, like, all the gnarly shit that happens to our bodies. Oh, damn, yeah. Um, and yeah, and so four days before this, you're in a station retrograde. So this just has to do with like big changes happening. Um, again, a stationary planet is like loud and Uranus is all about like big changes. Um, in case you couldn't tell, not everyone was pumped about the Supreme Court decision. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, our favorite Supreme Court justice, kind of thought it was bullshit that the law was actually based on the 14th Amendment and not because it's an equal right. So, I mean, I think, didn't she rule in favor? She, she ruled in favor of um, Roe, but I think... I don't think the grounds were what or like the grounds of the the law, how it was written. She was a fan of. Is that right? I don't know if I'm explaining. Yeah, that right. she like was saying like it's not about like abort, like the right to an abortion shouldn't be a matter of privacy. It should just be an equal like a right you have that you're born with. You have a right to your body, whereas this is saying like you have a right to privacy with your doctor to discuss whether or not you should have an abortion. Well, the moon in the seventh is kind of like the body is the opponent as opposed to having like a right to it necessarily. It's sort of like oh. making, you know, a making a deal about it. Well, the Equal Rights Amendment was only signed last year, so... I feel like there weren't a lot of equal rights happening back then. No. But since this decision was made, people against abortion have been feverishly trying to overturn it. And one of the ways they try to do this is 
through something called the Hyde Amendment. The Hyde Amendment said that federal funds that were allocated for the Department of Health and Human Services couldn't be used for abortions. So this was very um, big news for anyone who had Medicare. And this was just an example of people making it harder for women of lower income to access abortions. So I feel like this is another way to just keep poor people poor. Like any, yep. like we said, rich women will always be able to get an abortion. But what's the chart for the Hyde Amendment? Um, so this was signed on September 30th, 1976 in D.C. They have the sun conjunct Pluto in Libra, they being designers or whatever. And on this day, the sun was conjunct Pluto in Libra. And so this is like highlighting power and balance in, in a, an extreme way um, and causing power struggles. And Mars is also here in Libra, which is like deeply uncomfortable, uh, an uncomfortable placement and like just sort of with uh, Pluto here it's like pretty uncomfortable and can use justice as sort of like a facade for manipulation in which I think a lot of maybe would be called gaslighting in modern times um this is like the day Mercury station direct in Virgo in the 12th solar house so again communication here is underscored and very loud and in Virgo like we're back at purity um but in the 12th house this is more like of a subconscious response and so maybe we're talking about something but thinking something else uh, like so i don't even know if i think like people believe their own lies i guess and that's what denial is right and so they also have the moon in capricorn in the fourth which is about like lack and suffering in the family and the moon in capricorn just like has a hard time generally or it's like it has feelings in like different ways but the fourth house is about family and patterns and endings and this is also around the time that like the nuclear family was in like decline in like 76 mm. you know so it's kind of like that moon there is in like capricorn is just sort of like the lack of that so besides the Hyde amendment states were out there doing their part to make abortions harder they would do things like not include abortion in the list of healthcare services you could get if you were on Medicaid, unless it fell under specific circumstances like rape or incest, um, which once again, that's just like giving low income people like a super hard time. And it's also why now 27 cities qualify as abortion deserts. And that means like if you're in those cities, you have to drive more than 100 miles away to have access to an abortion provider. There are no more metaphorical deserts in America than real des like deserts. I know there's also like food deserts. Right. Anti-choice activists also try to limit the amount of abortion clinics through trap laws, which is an interesting name, which are licensing requirements that are very specific and unnecessary. They say things like doors and clinics have to be a certain width or parking lot spaces a certain size. And they're always like going in and measuring and checking. And these laws don't actually have anything to do with patient safety. They just put pressure on clinics that are already underfunded to either have to spend money to upgrade their clinics or else be shut down. It's also worth noting that while more conservative states were, you know, on this bullshit, a few of the more liberal states like Washington were putting it in their state constitutions that you could get an abortion through Medicare. But this was like few and far between. Um, this was not the general vibe of the country at the time, which was dealing with something called the moral majority. The moral majority. Um, they are a conservative lobbying group that was um, that was pushing Christian fundamentalist values. They described themselves as pro-family, pro-American, but really, in our opinion, they were just against the right of women, against LGBTQ plus communities, people of color. There's also a reason why a lot of politics are the way they are. Um, because of them, when it comes to Christians as like a huge force and like influencing politics, they buddied up with President Reagan and his two terms in office. Um, these guys were super involved. So 
What's happening during this time during the Reagan era? Reagan, the original Trump. So this is like <laughs> January 20th, 81 through January 20th, 89, let's say. Um, and so the 80s were like a, a frenzy for the outer planets. Uh, in 1980, Jupiter joined Saturn and Virgo. And so 1980 started with like Jupiter joining Saturn and Virgo and then Jupiter and Saturn joined to like Pluto and Libra. That was a great conjunction. So this gave us Reaganomics. It was like in the Virgo, it's like romanticizing and like having a reverence for piety and like talking like a newsie. And then it carries <laughs> over into like restrictions of finance for Libra, which has to do with like money and fairness in a way that's Again, Pluto can, like, pervert things. I guess all of the outer planets kind of can. Well, wasn't that the beginning of, like, trickle-down economics? Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, Which my is God, like, that is so yeah. Libra, like, saying, like, we, everything will be fair, but we just need a ton of rich people but Pluto first. in Libra, like, yeah. we'll just take, like, it'll work out. Um, yeah. And then in 1989, so it's, like, ending the decade, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune were all in Capricorn, and this is just, like, having a lot of reverence for structure as well as a complete and total blind spot for it. And it's also when we were born. So hey, it's cute. what up? Um, so since then, a lot of states have been doing whatever they can to try to make getting an abortion as hard as possible. And I'm looking at you, Texas. And that's because pretty recently, Texas made a bill that made a lot of people feel real shrieky. And that bill is called the Texas Heartbeat Act. Yes, this is the one you've likely heard about in the news. But the Texas Heartbeat Act basically banned all abortions after doctors can detect a fetal cardiac activity, which is at about the sixth week of pregnancy. And the term heartbeat is actually misleading because the fetus doesn't have a working heartbeat at this time. Like the heart isn't beating, what's being detected are electrical pulses from cells that will eventually become a heart. But that's just too, you know, too difficult to grasp for certain yeah. folks. Who needs science, right? Other states have heartbeat laws, but this bill in Texas was different in that it let private citizens sue anyone that performs an abortion or helps someone get an abortion. So before, if you, let's say, were in a state with a heartbeat law, it was up to the state to carry out, like, finding people who were legal. But now it's, like, turning that um, position for punishing into the hands of any citizen I hate that um yeah and in return for narking the person gets ten thousand dollars for being a snitch and it's also important to note that the law made no exceptions for rape and incest and which is so fucked up i'm sorry like how so can you tell us what's up with the chart for this law yeah so this was on may 19th 2021 in uh, austin and the moon is in Leo opposite Saturn in Aquarius, which stationed retrograde four days later. So in this episode, we're learning so much about how loud retrograde planets can be, right? The moon in Leo is about individuals and their bodies, and Saturn in Aquarius is about controlling the masses and subverting traditions. And with it stationary, this is, I mean, or subverting laws, right? Which is like the same thing as tradition in a way. Um, so with it stationary, it's like very much the pervasive energy in this opposition. Like it's the more i guess frenetic one and so oppositions are an aspect of battle so like this is just like wanting to control and overcome sort of like the current law as well as like the body and the sun in taurus is square the moon which means it's a first quarter moon and so this is like a turning point in the lunar cycle there's like crisis or discord relating to something that was planted at the leo new moon so this might come up again um at the leo full moon in february 2022 um, there could be like either 
things related to abortion or things related to this law specifically. And then Mars is in Cancer in the third house, which is literally just like trying to wield control over nature, which is exhausting and impossible. Um, I know I have this placement, not in the third house. So the third house is like literally trying to control your environment and in Cancer, like Mars in Cancer just wants to kind of like overcome nature, which is, again, impossible. So that's what's going on. And nature being, you know, a woman's body. So it should come as no surprise that a lot of people are trying to stop this law. Abortion providers in Texas filed a request with the Supreme Court and were like, a little help here. But conveniently, the Supreme Court decided not to intervene. And this was also around the time when Uber and Lyft were like, um, you all could fuck off if you think you're going to sue our drivers for taking someone to an abortion when one, we don't even know where we're dropping you off at. And two, we don't care where you're going. Like that is your privacy. Yeah, it's so codependent <laughs> to be like, you should have to find out where that person's going. Yeah, that makes no sense. Now people are feeling very shook because the Supreme Court announced that it was going to take up a case um, that reproductive rights advocates claim will pose a threat to Roe v. Wade. And so this is sort of like what you've been hearing on the news. So the case they're going to hear is from Mississippi. And the thing to know about Mississippi is its governor wants to end abortion. Like he jerks at the thought of being the person who will end abortion everywhere. So it comes as no surprise that a state has really restrictive laws and ban abortions after 15 weeks. So the governor puts this law in and immediately an abortion provider sues and is like, "Um, no. But then a judge in Mississippi also looked at that and said no, like to the law. And the judge actually called out the governor and was like, I know what you're doing. You're trying to get this conservative stacked Supreme Court to like review this and kind of chisel away at Roe v. Wade. Damn, she knows what's up. But what the Supremes will be looking at is fetal viability, a.k.a. if the fetus could live and survive outside the mother. The Supreme Court previously ruled that it's illegal for states to ban abortion before fetal viability, which typically happens around 24 weeks. The issue here is states tend to interpret what fetal viability means in their own way, which is what all the heartbeat laws that we've been seeing are doing. But regardless, the court is going to look at whether or not all abortion bans before 24 weeks are unconstitutional. So we should expect to hear a decision hopefully around June of 2022. So, you know, why is this important? And it's important because if the Supreme side with Mississippi then that means all the states that have heartbeat laws kind of have like more ammo behind them because now they have like precedent that says like what they're doing is fine. So it basically just helps other states argue for stricter timeframes of when you could get an abortion. And this is just important to all of us in the United States because an interesting fact is that the U.S. has the highest maternal mortality rate of any developed nation. And it also happens that states with more restrictive abortion laws have higher rates of infant and maternal mortality. So, you know, more babies and moms die in those states. So this is just a real shit show for women's health. Because nobody believes women, especially women of color, when they say something's wrong. Like literally Serena fucking Williams had to like yell in a hallway and she had like a serious blood clot because nobody would take her seriously. Like, oh it's God, insane. But maybe you were thinking that, oh, with these abortion bans, um, there might be an increase in sex education in schools. But you'd be wrong because <laughs> half of the states in the U.S. 
require sex education, and even less states require info that's actually medically accurate. They don't even talk about birth control anyway. Like out of the 10 states with the highest teen pregnancy rates, five don't even have mandated sex ed. So like they don't, nobody cares like about, like nobody's caring about their communities. No one's caring about teenagers. No one's caring about education. These states may not be teaching their kids about the pill, but that's why we're here. So let's learn more about the family planning technique that literally changed history. Okay, so like low-key, the pill has a bit of a dark history that involves eugenics and mass sterilization. So awkward, but that's another story for another day. Yes, you know, there's a lot of, there's some controversy behind it, but for our purposes for this episode, we're just focusing on the fact that birth controls are medicine made from hormones that stop you from ovulating. They also thicken the mucus on the cervix to block sperm from swimming into the egg, which is gross. Right now I'm about to give you like a hundred years worth of history of the pill in like five seconds. So the thing to know about the pill is that it's pretty new. It first came out on the scene in the 1960s, which I was very surprised by. That doesn't seem that long ago. And a lot of people were, surprise, surprise, angry about it. It was really hard to get. And the Supreme Court actually had to step in and say, married couples, you heard that right, married, in a union, they have the right to use birth control because people were really mad when they did. Eventually, women were like, um, can we get birth control that doesn't have a psychotic amount of hormones in it because we are going insane? And the, FDA, and the FDA was like, sure. So in the 80s, a new version came out, and that's the kind that we use today, you know, lower doses of like estrogen and progesterone and all that lovely shit. Yeah, I have no estrogen in mine. It's yeah. Great. You could thank the women who said, don't make us go crazy with all these high levels. Um, Mine actually makes me less crazy, so. Good. The way it should be. So then (laughs) we fast forward to 2020. Trump um, in the Affordable Care Act, which at this point, the Affordable Care Act gave women um, gave women like free birth control, which until that happened, you always had to pay for it. So then in 2020, Trump in the Affordable Care Act added religious and moral exemptions that said that if a company like didn't want if it was against their religion to give you or if it was against their religion to not have birth control, then they didn't have to pay for your birth control, which meant that tons of women were denied access to insurance covered birth control. But you want to know what is always covered by insurance? Viagra. And for those of you not in your 50s, Viagra is used to treat erectile dysfunction in men. The pill or injection works by increasing blood. I didn't know that. You could get it injected. But yeah, it was discovered in the 80s while Pfizer was looking for treatments for heart-related chest pain. Oh my god, imagine being in that like control group and be like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) That must have been so awkward. Everyone just be like, um, is anyone else? Is it just me? (laughs) But after um, Viagra was on the market for only a few months. All these men started bitching and filing lawsuits because their insurance didn't cover it, which I'm <laughs> only noting because no lawsuits have ever been brought on on behalf of women who demanded similar coverage for birth control. But people say that's the case because Viagra treats a quote unquote medical problem and contraceptives are considered to be lifestyle drugs that aren't medically necessary. Even though so many women take the pill for literal medicinal purposes, such as like uterine bleeding. I know. I don't understand. Could pregnancy be a medical problem? I feel like we could argue that. I'm sorry, like that your emotions are so bad that you can't get your dick hard. (laughs) 
Sorry. Hey, have you ever tried therapy? <laughs> that's great. Instead of this pill, why don't you go talk to somebody? Yeah. Oh, by the way, that's not covered either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So now that we're all probably about to suffer rage nosebleeds, let's check out the charts of the pill and Viagra. So... Uh, Birth control was passed um, on May 9th, 1960. No time. And so, and Viagra was passed March 27th, 1998. Uh, No time. But, okay, so there's a stellium in Taurus in uh, the birth control chart with Venus, the sun, and Mercury. And there's a stellium in Aries in the um, Viagra chart with the moon, the sun, Mars, Saturn, and Mercury. So crazy. It's so crazy, right? And so Taurus... (laughs) Taurus is is ruled by Venus, which is, like, about uh, the planet of, like, women, and uh, Aries is ruled by Mars, which is the planet of men, and they're the first and second signs of the Zodiac, so they're the first and second, like... It's like the the first, like, it's like the individual man, maybe the individual woman, you could... I mean, I'm sure there's, like, Adam and Eve somewhere in this metaphor. Um, But, okay, so... Birth control is like north or south node is conjunct Mars and Viagra has a south node conjunct Jupiter and they're both in Pisces, which is like the sign of faith and sort of like I almost feel like that's like um, having like a mystical aspect to this. Like in the birth control chart, Mars being conjunct the south node is kind of like returning power in a way to women, you know, because like Mars is power and like having control and also it's it's virility. And in Pisces, like actually Pisces, Mars is, is a big dick energy um, sign. Mm. But um, in the South Node, yeah, it's like returning that sort of like uh, control to women and then having Jupiter in the South Node is sort of like returning, you know, getting your dick hard to men. <laughs> um, Return to hardness. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Um, and then birth controls, like, you know, Taurus versus Aries. Like, both of the rulers uh, are conjunct the sun and in dignity. And so this indicates, like, outcomes of success for what they intended to do, right? They have also both have Mercury co-present, which means that the state of mind is in accordance with the intention. So there's, like, really no denial here. Um... Birth control, though, okay, this is, like, is really interesting to me. It's, like, building to the full moon, so, but the moon's in Libra, which is also ruled by Venus, and it's exactly opposite Neptune, and I feel like this might be where they didn't really get the hormones right at first, because Neptune obscures, like, balance, Um, but then also both being ruled by Venus means, like, the sun and the moon are, like, let's help these women out. (laughs) Like, they really, it's so hard to, like, keep a calendar, right? Um, And so there's just, like, a complete change, of course, for women, and... Viagra's moon is in Pisces or Aries, depending on the time of day. But um, it's like on a day of a, that's a new moon in Aries. And so that's all about virility and individuality and self-expression. And like one could argue, you know, that the ultimate self-expression for a man maybe or is coming. I don't know. <laughs> um, but then the like so a new moon is about individuality and like being yourself. And then a full moon has to deal with your relationship with other people, which is sort of just um, like women's issues are never really individual it seems because everyone seems to care so much about it (laughs) like you know what i mean and so i feel like that's pretty interesting in terms of like the lunar phase comparison but then also birth control uh was passed five days before pluto stationed direct in virgo which is like a huge power move for i don't know purity and in a way it's like the idea of perversion of purity i don't know i don't i'm just saying i feel like this virgo theme maybe throughout the the era has to do with how people still think about these things if that makes sense 
Mm. Yeah. And then Viagra um, was literally the day Mercury stationed retrograded Aries. So this is also just like screaming about boners. Yeah. Well, With no I grace. Think, I think something that's cool to me in the 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 pill chart is Uranus in the fourth house because it is like this disruption of family. Like you, like it kind of like disrupts what you were supposed to do. Totally. Yeah, and with Leo too being like. I'm here now. Like, yeah. I'm the individual. It's about individual liberty. Do you guys think that we're going to have male birth control in our lifetime? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust it. Those motherfuckers have nothing to lose, you know? Also, I know, we, like, women are branded as crazy, but do you want to deal with men being hormonal? <laughs> I mean, I think the burden should be shared. I think the burden of family planning should be shared between men and women, but who knows how, how that will happen. But anyway, now that we've covered the last 200 years worth of abortion history in the United States in approximately five to 10 minutes, what do we think is going to happen with Roe v. Wade? Uh, okay, well, separately, I think we can track the Texas bill, maybe with the Leo lunar cycle, as well as Saturn and Aquarius, as it is opposite Leo. I also kind of really think that's just like a formality, maybe like a, you know, a tiny chapter of this whole story, right? Um and so it's possible with like the Venus retrograde in Capricorn um, and the two Mercury retrogrades in Capricorn next year that Roe v. Wade will be highlighted because I didn't have time to talk about this, but there is a Capricorn stellium in, when Roe v. Wade is passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also feel like it's possible looking at like the long term that Roe v. Wade either maybe will be amended, which I think would be the best sort of either course or, like that a new law would be written just based on that. Pisces being at the 29th degree and like how that chart is really in terms of how it's always going like with the sun in the 12th house I think that it's always going to be like never really going to be like a clear I would like to see an empty 12th house and a lot of other things if I could elect the chart but anyway I feel like um if there's like a new law written or if there's like an amendment it might uh happen around the time that Saturn enters Taurus in 2028 at that point, Pluto will be in Aquarius, so it'll be the Saturn in Pluto square, which is like a huge turning point in time. Saturn in Taurus is ruled by Venus, which, you know, is like the planet of women. And then Pluto in Aquarius is like, it's hard to tell what that will be like, but like in the most crass way, I feel like that's like, you know, Uber Eats for abortions. Um, oh my God. And then if not, uh, Saturn will be in Gemini by 2030, and that'll be the Saturn return for Roe v. Wade. So I feel like that could be a time when we could see changes for it, hopefully in a direction that uh, grants, you know, liberty and grace to all people. Ugh, we can only hope because I'm fucking tired of hearing about it. <laughs> I know. Like, think of all the other life. issues we could be talking about. But yeah, so this is our last episode for season three, which is sad, but we'll be coming back with season four in very early 2022. And don't fret. We've got a special Halloween episode for you. And you know, we've got those bonus episodes up our sleeves. Should anything particularly scandalous arise wizard sleeves please leave (laughs) us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen on and if you leave us a review on apple Podcasts and dm us a screenshot of that review we'll make you a custom meme of your big three send you a quick write-up about it It, they're really all the rage on the internet right now so you're gonna want one for yourself (laughs) the internet's (laughs) make sure to follow us allegedly astrology on instagram reddit and hey hero and allegedly astro on twitter Make sure you check out our website, allegedlyastrology.com, to learn more about us and the show and book a reading with Dana. And with that, I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. Bye. Bye.